Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. So the real question, the burning question that you should ask yourself, I think, is what's happening? Overall, what's happening? Well, there's a number of catalysts. I'll briefly go through the catalyst. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on today's episode. Here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, I want to optimize the use of your time today because I think it's important that we focus on specific catalysts and see if we can drive a pattern. First of all, when we look at Ethereum and Bitcoin going on a bit of a run, Bitcoin hovering over 30000 and trying to hold it, on the stock side, we see that stocks are up. I covered BitQ on one of my past episodes. BitQ made me just over 100 bucks. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but given how much I put into it, it's a lot. <laughs> so everything is up, but specifically around cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency-oriented things, with the exception of crap. When I say the exception of crap, what do I mean? I'm talking about certain mean coins that are just crap. You know, they're crap. And, you know, the, I think the hype periods are over. We're long past a period where people could make serious money off these things. They're crap. Now, that's okay. Some people are okay gambling on crap. And there's a lot of it out there. And I'm not going to begrudge you. I can't tell you what to do with your money. I am going to say that for me, I was appalled to see kind of this run-up of certain crap very recently. And then I was thrilled to see that same crap take a crap because I felt like it's crap and it should not be going on a run as a personal opinion. So then I looked at other of these tokens today and I noticed a trend. There's a trend forming because the amount of money in cryptocurrency has not significantly increased. So we know that it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. People are jumping into one project after another. They're following off candles and one in particular stands out. I said on my last episode I was going to spend some time talking about it, mostly from a contrast perspective, and that is Pepe. 
I'm not going to cover it from an analysis perspective. That's not what I want to do. Instead, I want to simply discuss it as a token and contrast it against its closest peer, which is SHIB. Before I do that, though, let me breeze through real fast, real quick, some news things that came to attention that I thought were worth your time. First of all, I talked about Robinhood and Robinhood dropping all of these coins that they say are securities. Fast follow after this mass drop of these coins, and then Robinhood starts layoffs. They laid off 7% of their total staff on deck, claiming that it's, you know, we we just have to reorganize. We got to get back on track and we got to align our teams and we have to fix it according to our volume changes, et cetera. Trying to spin it as if they're not cutting people because they're afraid of the Gary Gensers of the world. We know that. It's not the first time that Robinhood has done major, major cuts. Robinhood cut 9% of its staff way back in April and then 23% of its staff back in August both in, I'm pretty sure that was 20, I think the April one was this year even, and then the 23% back in August. So they're no stranger to cutting staff. And what's going to happen is this whole court case business with XRP and the Binance US and all that is going to turn out a big nothing burger, to quote a past president. And then all of a sudden, Robin Hood's going to say, okay, we're welcoming these back on the thing, and doop, 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 and then hiring more people. They're going to hire college kids. We know the game. What they're doing is it's a bit of age discrimination. They can say it's not, but that's what they're doing. And I have every right to make that claim as my own personal opinion because it's my show. And I can make that claim because it's obvious. So then Robinhood also claimed, and I have no proof of this, but they claimed that they had tried to register, like Gary Gensler said, come on in and register. They claimed that they tried, failed could not do what they were asked to do. Gary Gensler came back and said, no, that's not true. They never did try to come in. They never did try to register. Everybody knows how to do it. Everybody should try to do it. Everybody should comply. They never tried to comply. So now you got this tug of war and a pointing blame game going on between these two organizations. Where is it going to end? I have no idea. Meanwhile, with this recent pump and rally that we saw, One of the underdogs, significant underdogs, Bitcoin Cash, jumped to over $237 per. That's amazing. That's that's a significant run-up because it was was down quite a bit. And the, the funny story about Bitcoin Cash, if you didn't know, there's a couple of different things. So you got all these different variations, right? You got Bitcoin, you have Bitcoin SV, you got Bitcoin Cash, all these different variations. The story was that Bitcoin Cash was closer to the original vision for Bitcoin and that Bitcoin SV was the true Bitcoin as it was intended prior to what we currently trade as Bitcoin, that the Bitcoin SV, the supply and the management of it and the way that it's traded was really the intent. And that the current Bitcoin that we buy and sell was not the intent and it's actually influenced and manipulated by wealthy people. Bitcoin Cash comes along and the theory was that Bitcoin Cash was designed to be more preserving of true value in the long haul so that it was not, it was supposed to be, I don't see the specifics of this, but it was supposed to be more insulated against the disruption that we see with the regular Bitcoin. 
that didn't really happen. That's why I said I didn't see it because I see the similar level of, of variation. And the cause seemed to be people basically jumping into it when Bitcoin started crapping out. So the run-up, the reason I find it so amazing, the percentage run-up, it jumped like 120%. The percentage run-up is amazing because, as I said before, we're not getting new money in cryptocurrency, which means that certain people have shifted money from elsewhere into projects like Bitcoin Cash. I also saw Monero. There's a triad listener who had talked about Monero that he had. Monero's on a run. Others are on a run. XRP went up a little bit. XLM, Stellar went up a little bit. Others started to run up partially because of the Bitcoin price movement. But in this case, specifically with Bitcoin Cash and others, we saw some price, they're buying. People are buying into the project. So now we need to take a look at where is some of that money coming from? Trust me, this will all tie up in a bow here momentarily. So then, BitX. BitX is a Bitcoin futures ETF. It's a 2X within 15 minutes of this launch or this BitX. Half a million dollars worth of trading volume. That's amazing. And it ties to other ETFs that are starting to get more traction and more visibility to them. As per what I covered before, there's, there's always this appetite to have the, to benefit from the price movement with companies connected to cryptocurrency without the risk inherent of investing in them directly, especially until we get the Gary Gensels of the world off the back. So as more of these ETFs start spinning up and we see them, this was likely a contributing factor to the BitQ and other ones that also went up similarly, but it also would explain why we don't see significant more money flowing into cryptocurrency. Because it's possible, and I have no evidence, but it's possible that some of those people are kind of dual-stepping. They have a foot in cryptocurrency for certain of the tokens that they want to hold, or they're doing it through the exchange, doesn't matter. And then on the side, they're doing these ETFs and other types of transactions connected to cryptocurrency, but hedging the risk. They're less volatile. They're volatile, but nowhere near like crypto straight. They're less volatile. They're hedging the risk, and they have some measure of insurance. So now you diversify your portfolio with this two-sided deal. I think that's there's something to this. I'm not alone because investor and financial folks started doing some analysis, and they started seeing a bullish signal finally coming out of Bitcoin after a long period of time waiting. Now, I don't agree, but I'm sharing this because I think it's important for you to decide and make up your own mind of what the information says. A lot of these people say, we're seeing a bullish signal. We're seeing that there's more money flowing into it and it's queued up for a run. If you've been listening for a while here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, you, you heard me say, I think end of 2023 or 2024 before we see a significant run-up. I said, it feels like we're due for another crash. I'm, that's my prediction. And it's, it's based on a number of different things, not just the chart. I think people are really looking at the chart. They're also looking at mining. So mining a cryptocurrency, the difficulty of mining, supply, constraints. They're looking at all these factors and they're saying, we believe that there's going to be a bull run coming here soon. And I've, I've said, it's not that I don't think there is a bull run coming. I do. 
but I think it's a ways away. I don't think we're here yet. Having a market cap of half a trillion for this, that's great, but I just don't think we're quite there yet. We got a little bit of ways to go, and hopefully people are patient, because either way, it's going to go up. It's just a matter of time when that happens. So keep an eye on, if you're trading Bitcoin, keep an eye on, in particular, not just the graph, but also sentiment. Sentiment is going to be your, your key. You're going to see a lot of people swear up and down that we're at the bull run. At that point, you got to make a decision. Either you go with that and you say, I'm going to you know, go all in, do, do, or you're like, I'm not sure yet. You can't really go wrong with a diverse portfolio, though. Because remember, most of these coins run lockstep with Bitcoin. So the worst you could do is simply have a diverse portfolio of different coins and even tokens that you invest in so that you minimize disruption on any one of them. So you'll there are certain tokens and coins that run in parallel with others and certain ones that run against others. And if you have a good blend of different tokens and coins that you invest in, ultimately you're helping minimize how much disruption there is. It simply is that the amount of investment that you go in for different tokens and coins should be correlated to your confidence in them. Confidence doesn't have anything to do with a project that you're doing. It has everything to do with what you believe it's going to do. So some people, they will literally toss every waking dollar at Bitcoin because they don't believe in anything else. Some people are all about Ethereum. Some people are all about crap, meme coins. Some people like a blend. Some people are all about Cardano. That's the key. Do you have a key strategy that you want to go with that you're confident going with that you don't feel is going to be damaging to your portfolio? As long as it's money you can afford to lose, it doesn't matter either way. But nobody can tell you the right answer. I can't tell you that going all in on Bitcoin is or isn't a good idea. I can tell you that Bitcoin as part of a diverse portfolio can't be wrong because Bitcoin runs the roost. It's not going anywhere anytime in the near future. Now, let's circle back to the crap because I think it's important to talk about the crap, specifically Pepe. And I want to just add some context. I don't want to offend people. When I say crap, I'm referring to what some people affectionately say as, quote, shit coins. That's what I refer to as crap. And there's a lot of them, right? There's Floki and Kishu and Shiv and Pepe and all these other ones, you know. And I'm targeting specifically, you know, Pepe with a contrast against Shiv for the purposes of the remainder of the episode. Pepe came out of nowhere. And Pepe had a significant volume out of nowhere. Pepe was able to get to over a billion dollars in its market cap. Pepe was to get to, I think it got to like $2 billion in its volume. Pepe got significant amounts of money flowing into it to the point the exchanges could no longer ignore it. And the exchanges, almost to a T, listed this dude straight out of the gate. Finance lists it for futures trading. That's no longer the case, but at the time they did. The moment that they did, we started seeing declines, rightfully so. Binance is the largest trading volume for this business. We also saw that a lot of these volumes went down. It's now about, I believe, 600 million instead of a billion on the market cap. 
and then the daily volume is about 200 million to 300 million. Let's, as I look at it right now, it's about 186 million last 24 hours in volume. Market cap of 662 million. You're hearing those numbers and you're saying that's actually not bad. And you're correct. It's not bad, but it's nowhere close to what SHIB's got going on. And this is the contrast that I want to use the rest of my time trying to talk through because something hit me straight up. When I look at SHIB, and there's another metric that I want to call to attention, but when I look to SHIB, SHIB's 24-hour volume is less than 100 million. Its market cap is 4.5 billion. It was at a high of about 6 billion when I looked at it just earlier, and it's down. It's significantly down. The long haul for SHIB is trending on the downward side, but most people believe that SHIB is going to go up. The reason they believe SHIB is going to go up is because of number one, Shibarium, the whole blockchain that they're trying to do, getting more people on board with what it's been doing for the past X. Now, the primary guy behind SHIB stepped down from the project. And so nobody knows what that means for the, you know, the continuity, if they're going to continue doing what they're doing or if they need to pause and take a break, nobody really knows. Suffice to say, though, SHIB still has the same, arguably, level of sentiment that it once had, and it has the same, arguably, number of people that hold it, as in it's not losing significant amounts of the holders, like many of the other crap coins that are out there. But I want to put in perspective here, Pepe was able to get to over a billion dollars in its market cap and Pepe never has exceeded 150, I believe, thousand holders. SHIB was able to exceed a million holders. SHIB has no reflections. SHIB doesn't do anything other than the other things are building. But with Pepe, with less than 150,000 holders, he's able to get to over a billion dollars at a point, $2 billion in volume. Do you know what this means, especially when we see the market cap total for cryptocurrency has not exceeded 125 trillion, 1.25 trillion rather? It means that when we look at the numbers, people are trading and they're buying into projects, selling something else. We know they're selling SHIB to buy into something else. We know that must be happening. But they're also doing it from other projects. So if you look at multiple different cryptocurrencies and all the garbage ones, you're going to see that despite Bitcoin's run and despite Ethereum's run, many of them are in the red. I surmise that many of them are being gutted because they're buying into whatever is the latest FOMO, whatever looks like it's about to go to the moon, do, do, do. But also, I speculate that the very rich MFers, or as somebody said, the rich mother fathers, who got Pepe to the point of billions and billions of dollars, they're going to buy back in and they're going to run it up again. And if you look at the two prices, Pepe's price is really dangerously close to SHIB despite having a fraction of the market cap. Do you see where I'm going with this? I'm saying that if you look at just, let's say, $4 billion for SHIB, and right now, Pepe's nowhere close to that. It's got half a billion, just over half a billion. 
if Pepe was able to take just half of what SHIB's total market cap amount is, Pepe's going nuts. Pepe doesn't do anything. Pepe doesn't have any mechanics to it. Pepe has nothing to contribute other than the fact it's a straight-up meme. And there's a possibility, however remote, there's a possibility that Pepe entices people to sell their SHIB to buy into it, which would trigger another run. Because Pepe is paired with Ethereum, it also means Pepe's price will naturally go up because of the price appreciation of Ethereum. I'm not giving you any specific action to take. I'm giving you something to think about, about the state of cryptocurrency as it stands. We're not in a meme coin season at all because many of the meme coins are down. Instead, one has stood out and the only thing it took for it to stand out was a bunch of rich mother fathers dumping a bunch of money in it to trigger a FOMO run even though it caused those people to be treated as exit liquidity because those same rich mother fathers dumped out of it. Despite the dump out, people still believe it'll go on another run and it's likely that it will because people will see another opportunity to get more exit liquidity off this business. That's the state of cryptocurrency right now. It's not about the utility you create. It's not about the shillers that you use to promote. It's not about your social media marketing strategy. It's not about your billboards in Times Square. It's all about if you can convince at least one rich mother father to trigger a FOMO run. That's what we're at. And if I think back to like Libero, and I'll pick on them, that may be what happened there. Some rich mother father triggered it to go up to a penny. Because if you didn't know and you were in Libero, Libero got as high as a penny. Look at how low it is now. It's pretty much very near the bottom. I think there's only like $100,000 worth of value left in it. That's low. Whereas something like Pepe, which doesn't do a damn thing, got as high as a billion dollars and even higher, doing nothing but triggering FOMO off of at least one rich mother father. So if anybody's out there listening to Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net who has a token project, or plans to create one. And you can figure out how to get some rich mother fathers to spike your project. That seems like it's all that it takes these days. Where that, what does that mean? I don't know, but that's what I see. I can't say it's good, bad, or indifferent. Just something I observed when I was watching this Pepe business because I was surprised to see the numbers and the numbers just simply didn't make sense a project with 10% of the holders is that close to overtaking the mainstay on the meme coin side. That's crazy. But that's the current state of cryptocurrency as we know it. And time will tell what it means. All I can say for you guys is a diverse portfolio can never be wrong. If you're going to invest in things, invest in multiple different things. Insulate and protect yourself. Keep yourself safe from any sort of disruption or risk. If you are a gambler and you admit that you're a gambler, I'll celebrate and respect you. But seeing something like a Pepe, I know how tempting it is. I know how tempting it can be when you see that. And it's up to you if you do it. Just know there's at least one rich mother-father 
waiting to make you a form of exit liquidity at some point. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.